Hi, I'm Carly Agar, and after 10 years of building my own career in the field, I'm now an award-winning career coach for current and aspiring customer success pros. And this is the first customer success podcast that gives you easy-to-apply strategies and tips to help you score your dream job, secure your next big promotion, or become the top performer on your team. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of career growth hacks to not only explore what's possible for you in your career, but help you decide where you want to go. And of course, give you all the steps to get there. Welcome to the Customer Success Career Coach Podcast. You're listening to the Customer Success Career Coach. Today's episode is meant for you if you think that at any point in your career, you are going to want a promotion. If that's you, then stay tuned because I'm quite literally going to teach you how to get promoted. Welcome back to another episode of the Customer Success Career Coach. If you're new to the show, welcome. It's about time. And if this is not your first episode and you're coming back every single week, thank you so, so much for being here. So the other day I was catching up with an old colleague and he was kind of having a rough time because he just got passed up for a promotion at a company he's been at for a long time, a company he really, really loves. And it was a promotion that he felt was a sure thing. And if you're listening and you've been there, you know how crappy that can feel. And we just got to chatting about, okay, well, you know, like what were some of the things that you did to set yourself up for this promotion? Why did you think that the promotion was yours? And it really got me thinking about all the misconceptions there are about what gets someone promoted at the end of the day. And so I am super, super excited to dedicate an entire episode about this. So what you can look forward to in today's episode is learning what it actually takes to get promoted. And let me just say, you are going to want to stick around because by the end of this episode, I'm going to share a ton of examples of things that you could literally start doing right now to set yourself up for a promotion in the near future. So a really common fallacy or myth or misconception around promotions is this idea that being a top performer guarantees our career progression. A lot of us think that if I'm the top performer on my team or in my department, then I am clearly the one who's getting that next promotion that becomes available. I'm here to perhaps deliver some bad news, but it is not usually the highest performer who gets promoted. That idea that the person who has the best numbers or who exceeds their goals by the most is the one who's getting the promotion is quite honestly outdated and especially outdated in the customer success realm. And I'm going to explain why. Performing well at work, so hitting your goals, meeting your KPIs or key performance indicators, exceeding your targets, that is what is expected of you. 
KPIs and goals and targets are not set so that you can exceed them and get a promotion. KPIs and goals and targets are set so that people do their jobs and contribute to growing the company so that everyone is doing their part. So now you might be thinking, okay, Carly, I definitely did not sign up to listen to this podcast today so you could ruin my day and tell me I'm never getting a promotion. (laughs) How do I get promoted? And I'm about to explain that. So if it's not being a top performer that gets you a promotion, what is it? It's usually the person who has made the biggest impact. An impact can either be internal or external, or it can be both. So in customer success, that could mean a lot of things. And really, it depends on where your company is at. Certainly, a tiny startup in hyper-growth mode is going to care more about impact on different things than a huge corporation, right? So making the right impact depends on where your company is at and the things that they care about in the moment. But let's talk about a few really specific examples. So We're going to start with internal impact, and then I'll also talk about external impact. And by the way, if you want a promotion in the future, this is where you should be taking notes because I'm going to tell you the things you can do as a CSM to get a promotion. So when I say contribute to internal impact, I mean things like finding a new or better way to do things, creating a process where one doesn't exist. Here are a bunch of examples. Number one, revamping the new hire onboarding for CSMs at your company. That makes a huge internal impact because number one, it's going to free up the time of management or leadership, whomever is normally in charge of onboarding new hires. And it's also going to speed up the time that those new hires get ramped and start adding value to the company. So you're not only impacting management and leadership by giving them time back, you're also impacting your department overall by making CSMs who are new start adding value more quickly. Now, that might seem like a big undertaking. That's fair. Maybe you don't have a lot of time on your hands, or maybe the new hire onboarding was just revamped. Making an internal impact doesn't have to be some huge thing. It can also be an accumulation of small things. So my second example is maybe throughout your day-to-day, you create a new report. Maybe you use Excel or you have some fancy tool like Tableau. And you find that this report really helps with prioritizing your book of business. Or maybe it helps you prepare for business reviews faster. Instead of keeping that report to yourself, spend an hour writing up the steps that you take to create that report every time you do it. Spend 10 minutes recording a Loom video where you're demonstrating the steps. And then share that resource with your team. Boom. You've just made internal impact. 
Another simple example, let's say you work at a startup and your team is struggling because there's a lack of data available to them. I know that this is a common challenge. Well, in an ideal world, you would have the influence and the budget and the ability to buy a tool to get that data, but that is not usually the case. So in this scenario, let's pretend that you don't have the influence, you don't have the ability to go out and buy a tool that will give your team data. So what do you do? How can you make an impact on this huge problem of not having data? You can go interview all the CSMs, ask them, what is on your data wish list and why? What are the data points that you wish you could look at every day? What is that data going to do for you? How is it going to make you more effective? How is it going to make you more efficient? How is it going to help your customers, right? And then you can take all the information from these little interviews that you do with all the CSMs, clean up all the feedback, make it look nice, make it nice and readable and organized, and hand it to leadership. Now, they can basically take that to whomever they need to get approval from internally in order to help justify that budget. Or if they are the person that has budget, they can just take this document and now go bring it to vendors and say, here's our requirements. So you've made internal impact because you've just expedited the process. You've taken one or two or three steps away from someone else at your company. And even though it's self-serving, right, the real reason we're doing this is because we want the data, it's still contributing to the team and to the organization overall because you are helping other people, because you took that initiative. And it didn't require that much time. Let's go even simpler, okay? As a CSM, you send a lot of emails, right? You've probably got your emails that you use over and over again for similar situations, whether it's introducing yourself to a new customer, asking a customer to get on a QBR, you're using a template or at least a very similar email every single time you do those things. And I'm sure over time, you've found emails that work really well for you, meaning they elicit responses, right? All you need to do is take those emails, throw them into a Google Doc, and share them with your team. Now, if you want to go one step further, you could say, hey, manager of mine, uh, in our next team meeting, could I have 20 minutes or can I have 30 minutes of the meeting? I'm going to lead a little working session, a little brainstorm where we all collaborate on email outreach. And then what you can do is you can tell every CSM before that team meeting, hey, I want you to grab the email that you usually write when you are introducing yourself to a new customer, when you're asking a customer to get on a QBR, and maybe you have like two other situations. I want you to just throw what you usually say in those emails into a Google Doc and just bring them to our team meeting. You don't have to do anything else. Then for, I don't know, 30 minutes, maybe you take up the whole team meeting. Maybe you do an hour. You're just going to go through everyone's templates together as a team and take elements of each one. Maybe you do like a little voting process. Take elements of 
everybody's different emails that you like best to create a sort of like team master template for each situation. You have just created impact and you've also done it in a very visible manner. You've done it quote unquote on stage, right? Where like your manager can see it happening. That's amazing. That requires little to no effort and is something that almost everybody can do. Okay, so I've just rattled off four different ways that you can make an impact internally. There are endless ways to do this. Internal impact isn't about being the hero who changes everything. It's just about eliminating one step for someone else, making someone else's job or life a tiny bit easier. And remember, little tiny things add up over time. So if you're thinking, I don't have time to make an impact, little tiny things over time make the same amount of impact as something huge. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to interrupt really quickly because the reviews are piling in and people are loving my free interview training. Whether you're currently interviewing for customer success jobs or plan to be in the near future, you're not going to want to miss this free video training where I teach you the best, most effective way to prep for and nail your customer success job interviews. You will leave this training feeling more confident and head into your next interview feeling over-prepared. Head to carlyagar.com forward slash freebies to grab the free training. You can also find the link to the free training in today's show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, now remember I had said there are two ways that you can make impact. You can make an impact internally or and or you can make an impact externally. So when I say contribute to external impact, I mean things like adding more value for customers or adding value for more customers. So this could look like creating a new resource, like a how-to guide. Maybe it's for a new feature that came out. Maybe you just realize that all of your customers ask the same question over and over and over again. And instead of assuming that everybody else really enjoys answering that question, you just say, hey, everyone, I made a little how-to guide for this thing. Feel free to share it with your customers. If you have a little more time on your hands, maybe you create a whole new customer-facing workshop. And it doesn't necessarily have to be how to use your product. I used to work at a company that sold data analytics software, and I created a whole workshop for my customers where we just talked about where and when and how to use data. It didn't talk about our product or our solution at all. So at no point was I demonstrating our product. At no point were the people in this workshop logging into our product. We just were brainstorming, hey, okay, now you have this tool that gives you a ton of data. We should probably talk about like when you can use data, right? So if you're thinking, oh, I can't make a workshop for my customers because our customer education team does that, or, oh, we already have all the workshops we need, I'm going to challenge you on that because I 
bet there's something you can come up with that will add value for more than one customer. Now, that's a really big undertaking. Another example of something that requires a little bit less time and a little bit less effort. Maybe right now your company has a terrible way of alerting customers about product bugs. So you volunteer, you say, you know what? I volunteer as tribute. I am going to work with the product and the engineering teams, and I'm going to help us all come up with a new way to improve that communication process. That not only shows that you are contributing to other teams, but that's going to improve the customer experience for every customer, right? Not just the customers in your book of business. Okay, so now that I've just hammered you with a bunch of examples on ways that you can make an internal impact and ways that you can make an external impact, I want to talk about why this matters in the context of getting a promotion. So the way to think about it is like this. If you are a top individual performing, meaning you hit or exceed all your KPIs, your goals, your targets, your leadership team might say, wow, it would be great to keep that person around. They do a really good job. They always hit their numbers. It'd be really great to keep them around. If you not only meet your KPIs or exceed your KPIs, but you also make an impact internally and externally. So you're doing things that makes the lives of your colleagues better or easier. You're saving them time. You're improving the customer experience, not just for your book of business, but for every customer. Your leadership team isn't just saying, it'd be great to keep that person around. No. Now they're saying it would be really difficult to replace you. And it's not until you become difficult to replace that you will get the things that you demand, like a promotion or a raise. As always, I want to leave you with some actions that you can start taking right now. And don't think like, oh, I just started my new job and I don't need to think about this yet, or I just got promoted, so I'm good. I don't need to start doing these things. I promise you, the sooner you start thinking about a promotion, the better, and it is never too early. Never. So the first thing you can do right away over the next week or so, look at everything you do at work and ask yourself, could there possibly be a better way? Whether it's something tiny like writing an email, it's an internal process, whatever it is, ask yourself, is there a better way? Or could there possibly be a better way? Has this thing that I've just been doing been tested? Has it been optimized? Do I even know why we do things this way? Just by asking these questions and starting to look at things from a slightly different angle, you'll start to see opportunities to make an impact. Another thing you can do right away, the next time you meet with your manager, ask them something along the lines of, 
hey, you know, what's something you would tackle if you had more time this quarter? And then they're going to share probably more than you ever would have expected. It might take up your entire one-on-one because I'm sure they've got a list of a million things that they would love to tackle if they had more time. But then you can ask them, great, if you had to pick one of those things to get done, what would it be? Awesome. How can I contribute? How can I get you one step closer? How can I start this thing? How can I make sure this thing keeps moving forward? What can I add? Okay, last thing you can start doing right away, and this is my personal favorite. This is especially good for teams who are trying to scale, which is pretty much every customer success team right now. You're going to mark your calendar for once every quarter. For 30 minutes, you're going to write down your answers to these two questions. Number one is, what low-value tasks am I spending a lot of time on? Number two is, what's something that brings a lot of value to customers that I'd do more of if I had more time? Why these two questions? So let's break down that first question. What low-value tasks am I spending a lot of time on? What this is going to do is highlight things that you're doing right now that are quite literally just taking up too much time. Things that are inefficient. Things that could be optimized. Things that could be faster. Things that could be achieved through automation. Things that would benefit from new technology, right? So low-value tasks. What do I mean by that? What are some examples of that? That could be The billing team reaches out to me every Monday and they ask me to send emails to all these customers. And what I have to do before I email them is I have to go log into our billing portal and I have to find how, you know, when their last bill was due and how overdue they are. And then I have to write an email. It's like, oh my gosh, what a low value task for you as a CSM to be spending your time on. Just write that down and bring that up to your manager because I that in a lot of cases, your manager is not even going to know that you're spending time on this, that your entire team is spending time on this. So that could bring up an opportunity for them to create some automations, to just change that process so that CSMs aren't bogged down doing these low value things that they shouldn't be doing. And even if you personally do nothing to fix the problem, you're still making an impact because you're shining a light on something that needs to be scaled, that needs to be fixed, right? Other low-value tasks. Here's another random example. Maybe you are being asked to report on your customers on the same things, but in two different formats. So maybe your manager likes you to report on customer health in Gainsight or in Salesforce or in HubSpot or in Excel. And your CRO likes you to report on customer health in a PowerPoint deck or a Google slide deck. It's possible your manager doesn't even know that that's happening and that you're duplicating that work just to appease your CRO. So that could be another example of like, hey, this feels like a pretty low value task because if the goal is just for our CRO to have the information, it already exists in these other formats. 
maybe someone, you know, should ask them if we can just use this other format. Or maybe we can all sit down and decide what format works for everybody so we're not having to do this thing multiple times. Again, even if you're not the one leading the charge on the solution, just by highlighting I'm spending my time, other CSMs are spending their time on this thing that's seemingly low value when we could be out talking to customers, nurturing relationships, that's making an impact. The second question, again, is what's something that brings a lot of value to customers that I would do more of if I had more time? I love this question. And if you start doing this, like I said, every quarter for 30 minutes, you just sit and think about this, you're going to come up with so many cool ideas. couple of examples that come to mind right away. Let's say that you Take my suggestion from earlier and you create a workshop, a custom workshop for a customer. And you're like, oh my gosh, that took me six hours to prepare, but they got so much value out of it. And, you know, six months to a year later, you're like, wow, their adoption has grown 300%. They're adding more licenses. They're expanding. They're renewing. That was a lot of value that I added doing that workshop. But gosh, I just do not have the time to do that for every customer. But if I did, I sure would. Again, you're probably not going to be the person that comes up with the solution for here's how we're now magically going to be able to create these custom workshops for every customer. But just by bringing this up, by bringing awareness to it, by shining a light on it, to leadership, you're making an impact because you're saying, hey, I know something that adds a lot of value for customers. There's a problem. We have no way to scale it. And now, even if chances are it takes a long time for that thing to become scalable, at least now you know it's being considered and it's being prioritized. Another example of this might be, I'm going to use data again as an example. So maybe you have a particularly difficult client who requires that you send them this like detailed data report every week and you do it for that customer. And over time you realize like, hey, actually this has a ton of value and I bet every customer would love to have something like this, but there's just, it's too manual. The data lives in all these different places. It just, it takes too long. That totally wouldn't be feasible. That's another thing where just by sharing that with your manager is going to make an impact because maybe your manager behind the scenes has been trying to advocate for a new data tool, right? Maybe they're like leading the charge up to the C-suite, trying to get justification to buy a new data tool and you don't even know about it. Well, now you've just added another use case to their argument. And so you've made an impact. So it really does not have to be a huge thing, a huge undertaking. can be tiny little things that you're doing. It could be as simple as just thinking about your work from a different angle and sharing your observations with your manager. So to summarize, if you want to get promoted, focus on being that person that management says, we cannot lose you. We 
have to keep you around. You would be so hard to replace. Don't just try to be the person where they're saying, yeah, it'd be great to keep you around. You you do a good job. I guarantee that next promotion on your team is going to the person who not only hits their targets, but also makes either an impact internally and or externally. And it's never too early to start laying the foundation for these things. You're way better off having done these things and then not wanting a promotion, which I can't imagine why that would be the case, but you're way better off having done them and not needing them as opposed to learning that there's a promotion available, that a new spot is available, whatever it may be. And you're like, oh, crap, I should have been spending the last, you know, 12 months getting ready for this. So it's never too early to start. Next week's episode is all about how to sell yourself on your resume, how to write a resume that results in interviews. You're not going to want to miss it. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode or if you want to continue the conversation, come hang out with me on LinkedIn. Connect with me, follow me, or message me over there. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Carly dash Agar. And if you haven't already, don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next time.